Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Episode 43 of This Is Us 2 is brought to you by Minute With Mary. Listen, the holidays are coming up, guys. And if you want to have some epic Christmas, Hanukkah, just joyous, festivist gifts for your family, true Jack Pearson style, you know, the ones with the Christmas lights or piano, who knows, you might need some extra income, right? I know I have. So that's why I've chosen to do this business and I would love for you to join my team. Learn more by searching the hashtag Minute With Mary. Toby. Uh, sweetie, uh, your brother is, is really worried about you. He, he said that you talked on the phone and that you said some pretty scary things. Have you been outside at all? Toby, Josie's been gone for months. No, you, you really need to get up. I can't. Yes. I did. With the help of a 10-year-old boy who did impressions. Listen to me. The joy in you is as much a part of you as this sadness. Do you hear me? I do think the medication and our sessions are having an effect, Toby. I concur, Doc Feelgood. Now, if we could only find somebody who wanted to date a guy who looked like he swallowed the Unabomber. Is that something that you'd like to attack? Welcome to This Is Us 2. It's a podcast dedicated to This Is Us on NBC. So sit back, relax, and let's all have a good cry. Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I've gotten lost down that rabbit hole, too. I mean, the, 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 the video game rabbit hole, pretty much any rabbit hole that there's ever been, I've gotten lost in a <laughs> rabbit hole. I think many people of our generation have been able to, to say that. Oh, my goodness gracious. So there were a lot of amazing storylines going on in this episode. Very big three-centric. We've got a lot of Miguel. We had Jack. We had all sorts of things going on. But what personally struck me was the piano. So I grew up in a household that had no musical inklings. My family is not really involved in music, but for some reason, music spoke to me. It has been my therapy. It has been my one thing that I can look to and I can block out everything else. You know, it's funny in my younger life, we had a piano in the household because I've always liked to be around music. And my mom used to joke that in my preteen and teenager years, she could tell how my day was at school by the music that I played in that piano. <laughs> Sometimes I would come back and I would just improvise some cute little happy mem- melodies. And other days I would come and I would be raging and banging out like crazy, crazy pieces. Um, some days I was Moonlight just totally... <laughs> some days I was emo and I would just be pushing, oh my goodness, pushing all of the minor 
minor chords on that piano, just bringing my heart out. So to see Rebecca talk to Kate, young Kate, about how someday music would come back in her life um, really spoke to me because it's it's been a conversation we've been having in our household and I've been realizing that I am really missing the piano in my life. I play the saxophone and every Thursday night at Wind Ensemble, I forget everything else in my life. I just have that saxophone in my hands. I'm playing. It's like, um, it's like almost meditation time for me. That is all I focus on, but I've been missing those keys under my fingers. So Blake and I had a conversation this past week and we're searching for a piano because I need it back in my life too. Piano better be free, I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's not what Jack would say. <laughs> hey, Miguel gave her a free piano. Yeah, so who are you going to be, Miggy or Jack? <laughs> <laughs> Test. Which of Rebecca's <laughs> husbands are you going to be? Both of them are great. That girl lucked out. People are lucky if they get one nice man in their life. She gets Y'all two. Y'all sleeping on my boy Miguel. Preach. All right. So, <laughs> Miggy, Miggy knows how to work the Craigslist. All right. So, <laughs> tell me a bit more about the episode details. I will be fine with a free piano, by the way. Yes. It just needs to not be a spinet. Those- What's a spinet? It's like what everyone gets from their grandma. It's like got the shortest strings. We're not doing one of those oh, okay. banana things. No. <laughs> No, so, I got to I got to educate, educate you on on what kind of piano. Should we, we just get a Steinway and just call it call it a day? That won't fit my love. <laughs> we'll just put it. We'll take all the furniture out. All we'll needs the piano. We'll just get a Steinway and we'll have dinner on it. We'll uh, we'll sit on it. We'll watch TV on it. How? What do you think? No. No. Okay. Good. <laughs> the title was uh, Toby. Uh, I think we all know why this was a pretty Toby centric. Well, I can't say Toby centric, but I, 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 I was actually quite surprised with this title. I was like, really? Oh. W- what surprised you about it? It wasn't just about Toby, right? Like if this was, <laughs> like if last week's episode was called Vietnam, I'd be like, oh yeah, cool. Yep, yes, that get makes it. sense. Yes. If this entire episode was like a Memphis, if this was all about Toby, fine. But we had so many. I feel like this one was like, shout out to Miguel. Yeah, true. That, that's <laughs> yeah. true. That's I don't good. know. I feel like there were people all over the place. They could have just called this one, not my best day. <laughs> <laughs> I I had my heart on my sleeve while I was dressed as Adele talking to some random stranger. Oh my goodness. I didn't pick up on the racist comment to my girlfriend who doesn't want to be my girlfriend. Oh, that was you know, I vowed, I swear I I swore to God I was not gonna use an outstanding today because I I said to myself, self, you used it too many times last episode. And, and then, then you remembered you were married to me. And then you're breaking out the not my best days. Not my best day. Oh my goodness. All right. So the title was Toby or otherwise known as not my, not my best, best day. day. Uh, the director was Chris Koch, who directed three sentences, The Most Disappointed Man, The Fifth Wheel, and A Philadelphia Story. And that makes sense to me because I feel like this episode is like um, is related 
Toby is related to a Philadelphia story. I feel like it picks up everything that a Philadelphia Philadelphia story was. Tr- I feel like this is the natural sequel to it, as opposed to waiting for the other episodes to come through. This is the natural sequel. Like to I it. actually hate that this is called Toby because now I'm thinking that you're talking about the person and not the episode. Let's just here on out refer to this episode as not my best day. <laughs> All right, and the writer was the writer was KJ Steinberg. <laughs> she has written the best washing machine in the world. What now? Number one and number two and i um i'm surprised at this because i I think kj steinberg is is quickly becoming my number two writer for Mm -hmm. this is us Mm -hmm. and i felt like this was a little bit of a step back for her uh and i mean she's she's an okay i mean come on now let's 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 just get that straight um but i feel like this is a little bit of a step back for her in that i don't know if it the the writing in this episode was has more to do with her than it does where just the story is going because she has shown she's got some great stuff in here. I mean, what now? Uh, a great episode number one. It's easily my my one of my favorite episodes mm-hmm. of This Is Us. As was number two, by the way. So you know, it's it's a little confusing for me why. I feel like this one is a little bit of a step back, but you know what? Let, let's let's forget about that and let's talk about your your lemonade rating. Where where are you going with this one? Am I right in saying this is a step back, or am I wrong? Am I totally off? I'm giving this one a four point six. Oh, okay. Which is I see in the Google Doc. Your same as well. Correct. Um, was this one of my favorite episodes? No, but I felt like this was. Packing the trail mix, making sure that your shoelaces are tied, you know, like laying down a good foundation because we're about to head on a big old journey. Sure. And a lot of these characters are about to head on a journey, whether it's to Vietnam or figuring out things politically or Kate now becoming the caretaker for Toby. This needed to happen. Mm-hmm. It was just a lot. And to be real, this episode didn't make me feel good. And when episodes don't make me feel good... I, I mean, the only thing that the thing that was good was uh, was my boy Mickey. Right. <laughs> so you're glad he's your boy now, aren't now I you? I am. Well, let me tell you. Ever since he had Christmas inflatables, he's I'm I'm down. I'm down. He's my boy now. Yep. I mean, Jack's really my boy. But if I have to, once again, Rebecca, luckiest woman in the world. Mm-hmm. Not really lucky. Her husband died. But you know, <laughs> kind of, sorta. Anyway, how All about right, you? So this one is this one, like you said, is a four six. I'm I'm on the fence. Between four five and four six, but if I had to do it, Ooh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go four six. Yeah, uh, I think it is better than the previous, than the first three episodes of this season. I still think Vietnam is the high water mark for it. Okay, um, but and and I I'm I'm giving it a a higher score only because I think it's the other big three that triumphs. So well in this the episode. The young big three. The no, team? no, no, no. The older. The, the 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 other big three. Oh, the other. Sorry. Okay. The others. Yes. <laughs> um, Beth. The outsiders. Miggy. Yes. And Toby. I, yeah. I feel like they are what save this episode because without Agreed. them, it'd be just another ho hum episode of This Is Us, in my opinion. And as crazy as widespread as it was, I really do like the through line of it all. And you made a joke of it, but I I think it's true. It's the pain. It's it's not my best day, and how do you how do we deal with this? Oh, right? Yeah. Oh, I and, wasn't joking. I know it's not a good day. And, and if how, you were to come home from work and see your kids, by the way, where where are Beth and Randall's kids? Who are watching them? I know all the time because they're in Philadelphia <laughs> at this point. They'd be like, "Mom, Dad, how was your day?" Eh, 
Not my best day. Not my best day. H- had some better ones. Yeah. You're, not, you're not, not moving the needle for me. No. You know what? Let's restart. Let's go to bed. So restart. I, like, I liked it. I thought it was okay. You know, if memory serves me correct, season two uh, started off very slowly. I feel like not until episode five or six did it actually start to gain momentum. And I feel like that's where we are right now with season three. I, I, I you, heard, you said earlier, like, oh, I feel like we're getting ready to get on the trail here. We're getting ready. And this ready. was still a great episode. I mean, if you think about it, this is out of a one of a five scale. One out of five. So we're giving it a 4.6. Yeah, well, within context to yeah. what... Like we, we still really does. enjoyed it. We still got to learn about these characters. So I don't want any of you listening being like, oh my God, they hated it. No, if we hated it, we would have given it a one. But, but I, I <laughs> understand though. I do understand why people, some people are getting frustrated with with season three. I do. Because, I want to just say patience, Padawans. Well, no, I, I agree. And the reason why I'm saying all of this is because I feel like we've been saying, we get, we're getting ready. We're, we're getting ready. We're going to get there. We're going we're gonna to move on. And we keep saying it. We keep saying it's okay we're gonna get going i feel like we forget how many episodes this is us has over the course of the year that's true and when we put it into perspective compared to other shows that have 12 13 11 episodes gosh game of thrones what seven you know last year yeah you you forget that this is us has a bit more time to breathe a bit more time to lay those little tracks sure and those little easter eggs well here's something that's going to blow your mind next episode yeah we're going to be a third of the way through the season only a third mm-hmm. right because it'll be episode six and it, they're, they're doing 18 episodes if we were watching outlander right now we'd be halfway we would be at the tipping point of like okay what's the main conflict here yes, yes. where are we going so yes let's all preach a little patience here i i do understand some frustration i uh, there's an argument to be made there, but I think, you know, we should, I, especially me, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> probably take a break and relax a little bit and say we're not even a third of the way through yet. All right. What's your GBG, my darling? Okay, what do you got? My good and my bad and my great, my good for this episode was I actually, I know this, this is not popular. I loved seeing Kate sing. First off, hot diggity damn, way to go. Because when Toby was like, you're going to go to work, I'm going to go to work. And once again, I was like, well, what's Kate going to do? <laughs> and I'm really glad that she's singing as much as she is, especially in this episode where we were able to see how she detached herself. Continue, you know, she continued to detach herself from music. Sure. And when her mom, Rebecca, sat down with her and said, you know, music will come back in your life. I am so happy that it has. Mm-hmm. This this is a huge part of who Kate is. This is actually a huge part of who Rebecca is. And Rebecca, you know, isn't singing, you know, and she tried to sing and then things went awry. So we never really got to see Rebecca go back to singing. I'm happy that Kate gets to live this dream and that it did get to come back in her life. And even that scene at the end, you think, oh, man, it's it's not a good not my best day. And yet she's <laughs> playing the piano because it is a good day for her. That it, For Kate, it was a good moment. My bad was Beth's breakdown in her interview. Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I don't know about you guys, but there have been opportunities, very few moments in my life, where I'm like, don't cry, Mary. Don't you freaking cry. Oh my (laughs) goodness gracious. Don't know how it started. Hold yourself together. Pull yourself together. Look at a light. Just look at a light and breathe. (laughs) Nope, not going to happen. And for her to have all of that happen, and be so raw and real, and then to still not to still hold it together and not tell Randall. I'm really worried about Beth. Mm-hmm. I'm really worried. My great was Miguel, 
and his promise to Jack and then how he fulfilled this, how he told Jack, if anything happens, I will take care of your family. We were able to see him take care of all four members of the family. Mm-hmm. You know, he was able to bring a piano, which is something important to Kate, which granted, like she didn't play at it, but oh well, you know, things happen. Fixing the fridge, um, trying to have one of those deep jack talks with Randall. You know, I was different too. I came from Puerto Rico and everyone said this. It didn't go so well. Okay. Randall gave him, shut him down pretty good. Randall did, but Miguel was trying to be like, all right, I'm going to be like Jack and have a big talk moment right now. And then for him to take care of Kevin when Kevin was drunk. Yeah, that was great. You know, Miguel is stepping up for this family. Um, so I'm just so thankful to have seen that scene where he said, if anything happens, I'll take care of your family. And he really was making true on those promises. Mm-hmm. And then even knowing in the future that he's able to take care of Rebecca and be her companion for life um, for the rest of her life is really, really amazing. So my great goes out to my boy, Mickey. Y'all been sleeping on my boy, Miguel. I never thought the day would come. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to know something even worse? You want to know something like, like, Completely absurd. Not my best day, sure. Yeah, the, my good, also. Y'all been sleeping on my boy Miguel. What has happened? Pigs are flying and I'm down. I know. I'm down up with up this. is down, left is right. Cats and dogs are sleeping together. <laughs> what are we doing here? No, your boy Miguel, uh, my darling. Man. The uh, writers heard everybody's hate in season one and they were like, oh no. Yeah, you know what? They're, they are definitely uh, building to a, a tipping point here with Miguel, I feel like, on, on a number of different levels. And I won't go to get into all of it, but I, I do th- feel like they are building up Miguel to give us one of those Miguel-centric episodes. Maybe not this season, maybe next season or whatever, but I do feel like Man, everyone's got to stop hating on Miguel. He's doing the best that he can. And the whole conversation with Jack about the life insurance Ugh. and, you know, Jack Pearson don't die and uh, and in how it builds another layer to his relationship with Jack, mm-hmm. how his how that relationship with Jack affects his his relationship with Rebecca and even even Jack's kids. I mean, I know for me personally, I've had that conversation with my best friend where I was like, hey, something. I remember when Reese was born, I was like, man, you got to take care of my my family if something happens right now. I'm not expecting you to go to get married to John, but I am. What I am expecting (laughs) is that John come by. I'm glad that's not the expectation. No offense, John, if you're listening. I adore you. I adore you. I, I do expect John to take the jet, come up here every once in a while and, and check in and maybe fix a refrigerator every, every once in a while. Just, you know, stay away from my wife. Uh, uh, the bad. Listen, I might be a little insensitive here, and but I've got two things. First, the Adelegram. I was not a fan of the Adelegram. I, I, I feel like, I mean, Kate sang beautifully and it was great and everything, but just the, the whole conversation of it was just- Which conversation? At, at the, the one that she had at the end? When she's at the elevator. Oh my God, but I've done that. People have been like, how are you? And I'm like, actually, it's been like the most <laughs> weird thing. And then I leave and I'm like, I just did that to a stranger. You can picture it happening, right? Uh, abs- You've I, actually seen it happen. I've seen it happen. Yeah. So this I, I is just, me. This is us. This is me. Um, I, I, I just wasn't a huge fan of it. I just felt like it was in there for the sake of being in there. You got the same exact thing that you would have if she was sitting at the piano or whatever. And maybe they just but she wanted... doesn't have any friends to be like. Actually, this she, is she has Madison. Uh, let's be real, okay? Maybe maybe uh... Kate needs new friends. When you start talking <laughs> to strangers like that, it's because you need friends. Uh, and this this is kind of ticky tack that that a telegram. It's ticky tack, um, but. 
the real bad here is this whole story with Randall being running for council. Oh my goodness grace. It feels forced. It feels out of place. You know, I love that there's tension between he and Beth, um, especially as Beth is starting to fall apart here. But I feel like we're spinning wheels with, with, with Randall to try to figure out what the hell to do with them. Almost in the same sense that like we were spinning wheels with Kate when she was going to fat camp and mm-hmm. dealing with Duke and all this other stuff. I'm saying the the councilman story is reaching Duke levels for me. It's getting there. And I hope that they do something different with this because not only is it does it feel forced and out of place, but it's just like I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, yeah. the, the guy the guy doesn't even live in the city. It, the the people the councilman that's already there already has a great relationship with all of his with his constituents. He hasn't done his research. I it just it feels like what are we doing? And maybe maybe that's the point. Um but uh, you know, it just it kept taking me away from the more fascinating parts of the story, which was Toby and Miguel, and even and even seeing Randall's thing, like Randall's councilman story, from Beth's perspective. Yeah, and I just want Randall to take care of his own gosh darn family. But okay? even, but I would I, I would actually be okay with all of this if we saw it from Beth's perspective, right? Ooh. Because she's the one who's having the issue here. We've always spent so much time focusing on Randall. But Which that's makes the sense. point, I think, is that we're missing Beth and it will blast up soon. Uh, that's that's actually quite a good point. That's actually quite a good point. Um, but I think I'd still rather see it from Beth's perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, I would much rather have seen her in that, in that, uh, uh, in the interview happen live time as opposed to a flashback after they're just having this conversation and then seeing her all flustered and everything. But the great, the great of the episode was Toby's breakdown at the end of the episode. <sighs> Gosh. Listen, I having personal experience with a depression. I, you know what? I, I I'm sorry. I have to. Yes. I love how they treated depression in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was supposed to be the happiest of happy news for Toby, mm-hmm. having a child, getting Kate getting pregnant. But instead of the happiness being the focal point and and having the tears be tears of joy, it's everything that has come up before that is now coming to a head for Toby. I, I've been there. I, I have absolutely been there, crying in my wife's arms for absolutely no reason well, other than for every reason. Well, yeah, but like, it's just not one thing. It's not just like I'm sad today because X happened. It's an emotional response that when you just get overwhelmed, mm-hmm. the, you you don't know what else to do, and that's what I'm saying. There's like no particular reason other than I'm absolutely overwhelmed, and I loved how they treated how uh toby once he didn't have to be the rock yes once he didn't do that that shot of kate holding him you know kate who is smaller than him kate who is shorter than him kate who is now this fragile pregnant woman you know Mm -hmm. like really looking at him and making those phone calls and now being the rock um I I too I agree. I, I think it, I think it hit just right. Depression can hit anywhere at any time, and even when you find out your wife is pregnant and it might be the happiest of happy news, mm-hmm. it's just not. But and I really liked how they did that. And we said that's three. Big three. Big three. So yay! It's time for the big three feedback. So this one's kind of cheating again. It's it's actually four, but uh, you know it's still the big three okay. feedback. Uh, last week, Cynthia Kalina said another possibility is that the friend of Squirrel okay. for the last yeah. episode takes out his grief and anger on the little boy, and maybe Nikki steps in harm's way to protect him and gets killed. Oh, they just said that um, 
that guy died in this episode. That was the one guy when Mr. Robinson was pointing yes, it out. Right, and he, he was did like, die. and then that guy died. Yes, that's right. So he she's thinking, remember the kid that brought the, the fish? And, mm-hmm. and and the, that guy was like, uh, get out of here, blah, blah, blah. Maybe he tries to attack the boy or, or the wife or whatever. And Nikki gets killed defending, um, oh, defending well, hmm. them. And she says, because she thinks that she wants Nikki to do something to make Jack proud of him. And maybe that's the reason why he's dead. Dolores Reed Little gave this episode 4.5 lemonades. Like Blake, I'm a tough critic. Lots going on in this episode, which makes it hard for anyone's story to really stand out. Her good was a 10-year-old Toby doing his Rodney Dangerfield impression (laughs) and making his mother laugh when she really needed it. Her bad was Beth trying to keep it together, but failing during her interview. Pretty sure she's not getting the job. (laughs) I agree. And her great was, I normally can't stand Kevin because he is such a self-centered twit. (laughs) (laughs) A self-centered twit. I like that phrase. Uh, But here we have an episode where he is finally thinking about someone other than himself on his quest to learn about his father's time in Vietnam. At the end, where he immediately notices a necklace. I know. Chris Valley says, for me, this is us is best when they direct their focus on fewer story arcs in one episode. Toby and his mom, Toby and Kate, Kate and Rebecca, Randall and Beth, Randall and Kevin, Kevin and Zoe, Kevin and Miguel, Kevin in Vietnam, and Jack in Vietnam, Miguel. It's just too much packed into 44 minutes. Brilliant okay. performance from Chris Sullivan this episode. Four and a half lemonades. And Chris, you know, just... Bam! Absolutely, absolutely. Kristen Fredrickson gives this episode a 4.7. Her good was the lemonade reference from Randall. Loved it. Her bad was Rebecca, in my opinion, telling Kate how she should feel about the piano, about the role music should play in her life because it's the role music played in Rebecca's life. It just felt like she wasn't hearing Kate at all, just lecturing her about her own feelings and how Kate should feel the same way. And when she is ready, she would. My great was watching Toby develop his personality, his coping mechanisms to rescue his mom. And if I were telling my story at the top of your episode, it would be that I had a depressed mom when I was a teenager. And while it didn't stop, uh, well, it didn't make me a comedian, it definitely shaped my personality and made me grow up sooner than I probably should have. Unable to express my own insecurities because I was propping her up. I don't mind this in retrospect because it made me who I am, but I could really identify with Toby. So let's just talk quickly here about Wendy Malick and the role that she's playing as Toby's mother. Mm-hmm. I cannot get enough Wendy Malick in my life. She is fantastic. So she, good. she is fabulous. Mm-hmm. And first, the, the de-aging process and Wendy Malick in this episode, also mm-hmm. top notch. But there was a moment that struck me, and I don't know why it struck me so hard, but it actually kind of reminded me of you. Um, which one? Which is this? When she is shopping for clothes, mm-hmm. and this is when he's oh, doing the range of running danger. Oh, this was all Mary Larson. Yep. At, at one point in her <laughs> life, when, and she's frustrated. The baby is crying, and the kids I going had severe up. Severe postpartum depression and, and anxiety, guys. <laughs> and there was a moment when she says, "I can't get a goddamn break." And I've actually heard those words come out of your mouth. I don't and, say goddamn, but but yeah. you know what I mean. Actually, you have said goddamn. <laughs> yes, you have. Oh, um, I don't frequently say. Only on special occasions. And I wanted to get your take on that. And I wanted to get your take on how they portrayed a mother the way that she was portrayed, my darling. Mm. That was so real, so raw. You have not only this new baby, 
who you're trying to feed, trying to make sure they sleep, going a little crazy, all right? You also have another child who you're trying to juggle, and her marriage is going bonkers. Her husband's sleeping around. So she is just trying her best to get along, Mm -hmm. and she doesn't have any flipping clothes, and she's just in bed all the time, and her son is now calling her out on it. Right. I have definitely had those moments. You know, it doesn't help. Like, I love babies. I love me some babies. But it doesn't help when they're crying and they're keeping you up all night. It really could make you a little batty. Mm-hmm. And so I, too, I know that I've been like, are you kidding me? When am I going to get a break? <laughs> yes. And I loved that her older son was able to make her laugh. Because my son was able to do that for me in tough times and tough days, even with, after we had Felicity. Sure. When I was just like, I can't get anything right. I'm a mess. And then Reese was able to do something that just brought a smile to my face. Or even Felicity. That makes you stop and say, okay, everything's going to be okay. Right. So we see baby form of of uh, Toby's brother. We do not see an adult form of Toby's brother. But I feel like they're edging or they're leading us towards finding out who it is and the role Mm -hmm. that Toby, that he plays in Toby's life. In that, I'm not sure if Toby's brother is the healthiest presence in his Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And for the very fact that he's calling Toby's mother and being like, yeah, I don't know. Why why isn't he just calling Toby? You know? Um why I mean, isn't he coming in? I, I feel like they're not having the best relationship. My con- my concern is that he doesn't live near him um, and that mom does. So he can say, listen, because he just was on the phone with Toby mm-hmm. and Toby said scary things. So I, I'm not concerned in that aspect. I mean, I've totally tattled on my brother to my parents as an adult. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. I really like this. The, the, <laughs> I really, really liked the Toby stuff in this episode. And I think it really saved it. Um, that's why they named the episode Toby. That's that's true, or why it's why it's not named not my best day. Yeah, uh, um, but still, guys, it's confusing. I really liked it, and I really liked how they showed him dealing with his own depression, going to the therapist, and how that even led to him going to the to the to the fat uh, uh, confessions or whatever mm-hmm. it is that they were the. Uh, the Overeaters, Overeaters Anonymous. Anonymous. There you go. Thank yes, you. I got you. Uh, and it shows him shaving the beard and, and a direct result in meeting Kate. And I really like that. And I tried finding the most eloquent words I could possibly could on on Toby, but I I, 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 I don't have them. And because Maureen Edwards, who's a listener of ours, actually said it. And I, and I think I just want to read what she said because it makes most sense. She said, Everything what they did with Toby's storyline is great. The childhood stuff with his parents fighting, the nail biting, as a matter of fact, the uh, the fan blowing, his mom's depression or lack of coping skills, mm-hmm. the humor he used to bring her out of it, the shame his dad put on him about being too much like his mom with his oh. sad sack thing, the blazer in the thrift shop, the video games as part of his spiraling as an adult. They added pressure from Kate with her saying, thanks for being my rock. Mm-hmm. Even that song choice don't let me down by the de- yes, by the beatles pick up on that yes those lyrics for toby are just perfect wow just wow i could talk for an hour about how much i loved the toby part of this episode it's five lemonades and i'm gonna say hashtag all the horses because yes. i agree this was fan freaking tastic and notice too that Toby has the fan when he's a little kid. He puts it on when he hears his parents arguing. Mm-hmm. And when he's depressed, laying in bed, what is on? And when he's talking to his mother, 
the fan mm. right in front of him. And even that small bit of biting his nails down to, to like the very bits. Yes. It's, it's amazing. It's just so real. And for anyone who has had depressed times in their lives and suffers from depression or had a bout with it, you two can probably really relate to this. Sure. To being able to hold it together until you break and man did he break oh what a so, beautiful like beautifully portrayed part of this episode so elizabeth berger uh one of the co-showrunners of this is us said this about kate and her pregnancy it's going to be an emotional journey especially when you've suffered a miscarriage even when something traumatic isn't happening in the moment you know that it could happen so the, that possibility is with you with every step that you take then there are going to be the real medical risks that she has to deal with. So it's definitely going to be a very emotionally loaded time as she moves her way through this pregnancy. And I say this, and I bring this quote up, because how the hell is she going to be Toby's rock during this time when he is depressed, mm -hmm. trying to get back on his meds? Do you think she's capable of being his rock, my darling? Yes. Even with all this stuff, the emotional the emotional baggage that she's going to have with being pregnant and all that other stuff. I think the rock part is going to win. Really? Over the pregnancy. Okay. All right. I think Kate is going to be the rock for Toby. Mm -hmm. I think that she is going to like nurse him back to health and everything. But of course that isn't going to bode well for the pregnancy. Right. Um, I was shocked absolutely shocked that she was pregnant at the episode i said it to blake i said everybody's having a bad day we know what's gonna happen with kate's news mm -hmm. and then she was playing this piano sadly and i was a like, crapola and then surprise she is pregnant but i don't know i don't know what's going to happen i mean maybe the pregnancy will be fine but obviously they're alluding to complications and that it's not going to be an easy road but i do think that kate is going to try to be a rock it's gonna um how could you not? How could you not be the rock for your partner? Right. Like, it's no choice. You know what I mean? It's not even like he has a close brother or a sibling or a twin that could also really help. Kate is all he has unless her ch her siblings come in and help or her mom comes in and helps sure. or his mom comes back and helps. Kate is all he has. And so better or worse, Kate is going to be his rock now that he needs it. So... One thing that we're experiencing here, too, uh, in terms of rocks and mm -hmm. emotional stability is Kevin and Kevin in search of his father in Vietnam mm -hmm. and not leaning on Zoe, but bringing her along for the ride. First, yeah. first, are you still out on Zoe? Still out on Zoe. You're Even still out. though they made up and everything is like a little better. I'm still out. I would agree with you. I'm still out too. Even though she says like, "Oh, I think you might just be worth it." I don't I don't believe that. For one, I don't believe that girl for as far as I could throw her. And I feel like I could throw her pretty far cuz I am a large and powerful man. <laughs> it's going to take a little time. It's going to take a little time for me to love this relationship and to be careful for Kevin's heart. Yep, I, w I would totally agree. But I do think I like where Kevin's storyline is going. Oh, yeah. Where he is trying to find the solace in his dad and he's trying to find other people to tell him about that. And even Robinson is sitting there saying, listen, dude, like, you know, your, your dad wanted this to be all behind him. Mm hmm but I don't know if he wouldn't want you to know. So he gives the picture over, and now Kevin, I think, is on this journey of going to see where his father is. And I will tell you, I really, really liked that part when Robinson opens up the door and says, wow, 
you're so you're Kevin so you're Jack Pearson's son. Yeah. I I just I was ready for him to be like, no way, the Manny. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because you know Kevin is a like yes. a, a kind of a big time celebrity yes. in this universe. <laughs> I was ready for that. Then I was like, oh okay. It would have been funny for them to be like, whoa, you're the Manny. Like that yes. would have been that would have been a missed <laughs> spot. You know, my baby. I've got my coffee in me. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Robinson does confirm that Jack was not a mechanic. We pretty much figured that out. But he, in fact, did say, hey, he was not a mechanic. He did all this other stuff. So a lot of people have said that they were a little upset with Vietnam because it wasn't told through Jack's eyes. I mean, sorry, it wasn't told through Kevin's eyes. Like Kevin going and, and talking to other people. They wanted that to be a flashback thing for Kevin as it relates to Jack's story. I, however, kind of disagree, and I want to get your take on that, my darling, because I think it was absolutely necessary to tell Vietnam through Jack's eyes, Mm -hmm. uh, especially to get the stories about his brother and everything. And I want to experience Kevin learning about Vietnam the way that he actually is through other people's stories. And just having that baseline of Vietnam through Jack's eyes that makes the most sense to me. Would you I, agree? I liked having it through Jack's eyes just for the fact that Jack's dead and I'm not going to be having many moments through Jack's eyes. Sure. You know, the thing with Miguel and Jack, that was probably because of Miguel. We needed to know that backstory through Miguel. I, I Anytime that I can have with Jack, I am treasuring. Right. I, I'm treasuring that too. And I, th- I think the, the writers kind of know that. Because they're giving you little bits and mm-hmm. pieces of Jack, mm-hmm. uh, and when he is there, it makes it makes the most impact. Again, like having Miguel have that conversation with Jack, and Miguel having the pain of knowing that he has to take care of Jack's family, and again, pain being that that through line for this entire episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beth dealing with her pain, um, even even your girl Zoe dealing with some pain of her own mm-hmm. of having to how to navigate waters with Kevin and dealing with racism in her own way mm-hmm. uh, and giving herself over uh, to Kevin. Even Randall dealing with his pain of trying to figure out where he is. Even the teenage big three dealing with their pain. Kevin is drinking. You know, about that scene, you want, they were able to show Kevin dealing, um, be on the outskirts of racism twice in right. this episode. Right. And I thought it was really interesting for Zoe to, of course, say, and re- and for him not to pick up on um, what had happened to her in the store, but he has seen it with his brother. And granted, they have had a weird relationship over their life, ups yep. and downs. But no matter what, Kevin loves his brother yep. at all ages. And, you know, he was so messed up from what happened to Randall at prom that he began drinking. Right. It wasn't about his dad. It wasn't about his leg. It was seeing his brother get crushed and how racism affected his his own family. Right. So then to see Zoe be like, oh, whatever, like, how am I going to explain all this, like, to this blah, 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 blah. And I was thinking, but you don't know, Kevin. Granted, he, you know isn't black and granted like his exposure to african-americans has been really through randall but also through beth and through his nieces and like you don't fully know that kevin would want to know why you need the pillow like he's he's open to it his own brother so you know what i mean i 
Yeah, I, I, I didn't I like that dynamic because that is why Kevin ended up being drunk. It was seeing what happened to Randall. It hurt Kevin so much as well. Yep. And so then having Zoe come off as being so callous uh, didn't bode well for me with, I, with I Zoe. Am a, I am officially pumping the brakes on Zoe. Uh, in, in fact, I don't even think... I, I, the, the you know br- what she gets? A you know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> you, know, you know what? You are right. You know nothing, Jon Snow. And I'm not saying that, you know, Kevin knows all these things because he doesn't. He had a brother and his brother was raised in a white family. He doesn't know these things. But I think Zoe is making conclusions that Kevin, you know, would... I don't know, just doesn't care or isn't trying to be aware. And in my opinion, Kevin would love to be more aware and be educated. Sure. I'm, I'm throwing a full stop on Zoe. In fact, I'm, I'm pulling the emergency brake on Zoe. It'll be interesting to see how the writers continue with <laughs> Zoe because I feel like everyone's on the same train as us. I, w- I would agree. Uh, final thoughts, my darling, for this episode. That was it. That was my final thought. Oh, wow. Okay, great. My final thought for this episode is about your boy, Miguel. Mm-hmm. And we know that he did promise to take care of Jack's family, but we also know that there was this eight-year period where Miguel is just gone. Yeah, where'd he go? What leads Miguel to just disappear from the Pearson family? What leads him to reconnect with Rebecca on on Facebook? I'm worried. I have an idea. What's that? Oh, wait, wait. We oh. should. We that's the hot. Oh, tip. Okay, okay, sorry. But I would say. They are setting us up. They're reaching a tipping point, like I said. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, the tipping point is this. Miguel's a good guy, Correct. all right? And he's doing the best that he can. And he knows he had the conversation with Jack. He feels the obligation to take care of Rebecca. But we're reaching the tip point, tipping point of, am I getting too close? Am I doing something mm-hmm. that I shouldn't be doing? Mm-hmm. So that, I think, leads yes. directly to your uh, hot take. I think Miguel is going to get a little too cozy and comfortable for Rebecca, and Rebecca's going to like it too. And you know who's going to have a problem with that? Who? Kevin. Teenage Kevin, who's living at home, is going to come on up and say, who do you think you are, my dad? Oh, good one. Very good. Cranky, drunk Kevin. (laughs) He's going to wake up from prom or something and be like, you're not my dad. Yeah. Back off. what What if it's Randall? Do you think Randall would do that? I think Randall and Miguel have a nice relationship in their adult years. I'm just thinking about how things were icy with yeah, Rand- with Kevin and, and Miguel that's a good for point. so long. So I, I'm worried that he like blows up in front of Rebecca and Rebecca's like, oh, oh, gosh, you're right. We are getting a little too close. Yeah, I, li- I like where you're going or with Or Miguel's one. ex comes back into the picture. Nah, no way. No okay. chance. No chance. Uh, my hot take, and this is a scorching hot take that I actually promised on the uh, This Is Us 2 Facebook group. Okay. Um, Nikki is not dead in real time. Nikki is not dead. Still smoking butts. He's still ripping butts and he's ripping butts in Vietnam. And I feel like Jack agrees to to say that Nikki is dead for the sake of Nikki not wanting to go back to the, to the U.S., not wanting to deal with his dad, not wanting to disappoint his mother, not wanting to disappoint Jack. He finally found independence in Vietnam. And even though he said he, he wasn't like... He, he wasn't totally in on like um, where his CEOs were taking him and that he got mm-hmm. demoted or whatever. But I feel like he finally has a purpose in Vietnam. He finally found himself, which is why I think we see him have such an ugly reaction to Jack when mm. Jack says, hey, little brother, like he's there and he shows up and it's like, 
Mm-hmm. And I think this is why Jack doesn't want to talk about it because Nikki's in Nam or he's doing whatever he's doing. Interesting. Such a good hot take. And uh, that's my scorching hot take. Scorching. The the nerds down the hall were were uh, working on that for about a week. Nice. And uh, yeah, so I I dig. I I. I think I'm take cornered now. Unfortunately, <laughs> if if this take doesn't work, I I, I can be take shamed for quite it's some okay. time. I got you. Buddy. All right, you ready to close this yes, one out? Yes, I am. All right, let's uh, let's close the show out. That's right. That's right. A new little song to close at the show. This one's for you, Maureen. <laughs> So we want to take the time to thank you. Thanks for listening to us in your car, at the gym, on the walk with your dog, while you're doing the dishes. Ooh, uh, like like Jack and Rebecca, you know what I'm talking about. So thank you also for letting other people know about this podcast. This show, of course, is so popular. And if you wanted to let other people know about this companion podcast, we would just be forever thankful. You can take a screenshot and share it in your Instagram or Facebook stories. You can let people know about it in your online news feeds. Or you can be old school and tell people to their face. Just have a conversation. Holy smokes. Why would can anybody you ever do that? Imagine. Oh my goodness gracious. Another great way to help spread the word about this podcast podcast is writing a review on your podcast app of choice. Today, we want to give thanks to our breathier. Hopefully, I said that kind of right. Hands down, these two are the best pair in the podcast world. I listen to their other shows and will gladly follow them on any show or subject they want to discuss. Love their insight on each episode and how they point out things I may have missed. Their banter and personal stories make me feel like I'm sitting in their living room with them. Two genuine people talking about one amazing show five stars. Thank you. Thank you so much. And don't forget to join our Facebook community. You just search This Is Us Too and uh, you'll find our group there. We would love to have you in. Come and chat about the episode. This is, of course, where we pull that big three feedback. So Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you're in that Facebook group. It's a great community where we're talking every day, having all the hot takes. All the hot takes. Every single, hold on. Oh God, I love the Beatles. Um, we're, we're having great conversations all the time and we would love for you to be part of it. Also, check us out at marionblake.com where this podcast is hosted. We have all of our podcasts at marionblake.com including OutlanderCast, The Leftovers Podcast, You've Been Gilmored, this one, uh, ParentCast, it, just everything we've ever done pretty much exists on marionblake.com. So if you can't get enough of us, trust me, we can't get enough <laughs> of you. And whenever you are talking with us on social media, do make sure to put the hashtag this is us too. That way we are able to see it, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. All of the places. All of the places. All the social media. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to chatting with you next week. Have a happy pre-Halloween. I know that a lot of people do Halloween stuff for this weekend, so I just wanted to let you know. I'm thinking about you, you Halloween people. You know, if you want to go out and share. Yeah, tell, tell us what your Michael Halloween Jackson. costume is, by the way. If you want to be whatever you want to be, do it. <laughs> do it up. Princess Bride. Just don't go to the Larson's house. No. They give, what was it, licorice? Yeah. Don't <laughs> go to the Larson's house for yeah. Halloween. They suck. This is I'm the- still mad at that. <laughs> All right, guys, I'll talk to you soon. For now, my name's Mary. My name's Blake. And this is Us Too. Us Too.